0: This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, Chuck?
1: Oh, great. I mean, we're having a great discussion on the president's. in the live group before the show
0: we went through the worst the the top three worst presidents and people have been throwing in their two cents on that and uh, we've been talking about the top three best presidents and we've been going through that some of the most common ones for worst i think pretty pretty wide consensus on wilson and fdr and for the best Clearly it was Trump. That's, uh, yeah. that's all we decided on in the group, <laughs> for sure. So if this is your first time listening, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button. Go to joingml.com so you can join this conversation everyone is having right now. And here's a fun fact.
1: Mm-hmm. The, they were all talking about the president who served the shortest term. I just looked it up. It was Harrison. William William Henry Harrison, I believe was his middle name. Yes, William Henry Harrison, he served 32 days as president and he, uh, he died of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Nate figured that
0: part out. Yeah. They, well, they say pneumonia, but we know it was definitely COVID like symptoms. So I just went ahead and put that on his so, yeah. certificate. That was yeah. all the
1: way back in 1841,
0: by the way. Oh, it was an ivermectin so. overdose actually. Oh. Yeah, that's so right. he was
1: taking iver, mm-hmm. ivan Allison mectern mecternectin there, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. what it was. That's what he was taking for the pneumonia and ended up killing him because he refused hydroxychloroquine.
0: Uh, he refused the vaccine. Oh, that's, <laughs> is what got, what it was. that's what it was. Yeah, they were, yeah. you know. So he was a good president. Yeah, actually our favorite president so far that we've <laughs> named. Okay, let's get into some of the stories from today. Charlie's got a hard stop here in 43 minutes. We don't have that many stories today, so I think we're going to be just fine. And even this first one is not going to take too long. From the WAPO... Biden, that's our president, Joe Biden, is expected to announce massive release of oil reserves. And I saw before the podcast started, he did, in fact, announce the release of massive oil reserves. Strategic. Strategic. Oil reserves. Oil reserves. So President Biden is expected to announce, did announce a massive release of the nation's strategic oil reserves as the administration tries to combat high prices at the Putin pump. (laughs) The plan is expected to call for the release of 1 million barrels per day from the nation's strategic petroleum reserve on an ongoing basis for several months. The reserve currently holds roughly 568 million barrels of crude oil. A release of the nation's oil reserves of this magnitude would be, quote, unprecedented in size and duration, said Robert McNally, president of Rapidan Energy Group. Or Rapidan, or... However you guys want to say it. I don't care. The price of one crude oil benchmark fell uh, dramatically after the news. That's that's weird. We'll have to talk about that. The White House has considered other measures to lower gas prices, such as a gas tax holiday and a tax on oil and gas companies' profits. Mm. Someone please explain to me how taxing oil and gas companies' profits is going to lead to lower gas prices.
1: It, it would never would. That's that is and the you know most ridiculous I, idea. You know what I really appreciate? I appreciate like the airlines and other companies that actually show you on the receipt, the taxes that you're paying, that the government is charging them. You know, that's really nice. Like mm-hmm. even if you book something on points, you still have to pay the government fees that are associated with that ticket because that's what they're charging the airline and they just pass it on to you. Which is the same thing they would do here, by the way, which they already do. The price you see at the pump is not the price of gasoline actually. It's the price of all of the included fees and state taxes and federal taxes and everything else. They just don't show you that on the receipt.
0: Pretty soon Charlie's so your, gonna be paying an unused credit card points tax. It's probably gonna probably, be applied. Yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> probably have to pay an additional tax for the 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 amount of money you didn't spend. By using points.
0: Now, the actual story on this, we're going to hold off until tomorrow for Dumb bleep of the Week. But Bernie did just propose a 95% tax on profits above pre-pandemic levels on companies. And I, I felt like that needed to be held back for Dumb bleep of the Week because it's a completely ridiculous Is it idea. Is net profits or? The, I have no clue. Maybe it's net profits. Even if it is, yeah, we'll go through some of that tomorrow. That's a completely ridiculous idea. You know what?
1: At this point, why don't they just take everything from everyone mm-hmm. and then just provide everything?
0: That's I mean, where we're headed. So I don't,
1: I don't understand why they're ninety-five percent. Or let's just go ahead and go full you know, commie. Let's go full bore. Mm-hmm. If it if it works at ninety-five percent, it sh- should work at a hundred percent. No let's more just, half commie. Let's just go. If you if you want to go for it, go for it. Yeah. And let's try it out.
0: Uh, hey, uh, and don't I'll see
1: it. I'll see you at my house where we've got some stocked food and some uh, some pew pews.
0: Don't tempt them. Okay, they uh, <laughs> they might do that. No, but you know, the, here's a ridiculous idea. The prices are really high, and so what the White House is going to do is increase the supply of oil, and it's going to make prices go down a bunch. Isn't that a weird idea? That's so strange. Like, this is on this 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 right wing conspiracy theory of supply and demand which uh, has its roots in russian disinformation actually but the idea that supply and demand that what you would do is you would increase the supply of whatever that good is and the prices would go down i mean talk about dumb how do we not hold this off for tomorrow but no it's it's clear that they know what the problem the problem is supply that's that's what they need now. There's other things other than uh, releasing oil from the strategic reserves. They could actually make it easier for people to get more oil than what we have right now. You know, mm-hmm. not just not just using that, but uh, from what I hear, they don't plan on doing that. No. really at all, because that would uh, we'd all die from the uh, uh, storms. See those storms last night? Those, that, are, those are climate change storms. Those are yep. oral,
1: those are oil drilling storms.
0: Yeah, Record breaking. Uh, climate change storms is what came through last night. So was it, anyway, Did it get pretty bad? No. Not, not here. No, it didn't. it didn't.
1: I know there were several tornadoes in Alabamas,
0: wasn't yeah. there? The, uh, it did not get bad here, even though they they said it was going to get really bad here. But, uh, you know, they're wrong sometimes. Unless they're projecting like 100 years out in the future, they're uh, almost 100% accurate on that. <laughs> but uh, at, you know, 10 p.m. last night, they told me it was going to get really, really bad here in a few minutes, and then it never did anything. Yeah. So I will listen to them for a 100 years out in the future instead.
1: I think it. I heard it rain really hard for like four minutes and some wind howling, and then it was gone. Mm-hmm. So I don't, yeah, my house was still there. Yeah. Speaking of houses, <laughs> this from the Daily Wire, in case you guys don't know a little personal story. Thanks, uh, Ben. We're building a house right now, so I'm super excited about this. Uh, the Fed warns of housing bubble as average cost of new homes hits record high. Now, who in the world could have guessed this?
0: This is more of that supply-demand lunacy. What conspiracy theorists about? out there were
1: right about this? New data released last week revealed that the average cost of a new home hit a record high in February of $511,000 for an average home, half a million bucks. Now the Federal Reserve is warning about a housing bubble. Housing prices have spiked 25% over the past year, and since 2012, the cost of a new house has doubled.
0: You know, instead of actually doubled. COVID, a you know, 25% spike also happened in alcohol-related deaths. We talked about that yesterday, and maybe it's more closely correlated with home prices. That's actually what it was. Anyway, I made, I made this where Charlie was going to read it because he is building a house, right? Well, he isn't. Other people are building the house right now. They've been building it for uh, eight or nine years now, I'm pretty sure. It's taken quite a long time. Rates yeah. are increasing, and um, I just I just thought it'd be fun to have him do this one today. So,
1: so we secured our lot in May of 2021. We signed a contract, because with all the supply issues, they kept delaying, delaying everything. We signed a contract in August, and now we're expected to close mid-May to mid-June. But I'll tell you right now, they are painting the house. They've got Trim work going in, like all this stuff is happening. We're still missing two windows. So well, if we don't get those two windows in, we can't close. And they don't have a timeline on when those two windows will be here, by the way. They can show up anytime. They, yeah. No? They think that it's going to happen before close, but they don't know. Mm. They don't know. And the whole time interest rates are going up and everything. Yeah. It's been a really fun housing process for me uh, lately. Um, why are housing costs spiking so much? Inflation. Which is currently at an eight percent year-to-year rate, rising costs for lumber and fuel, and the COVID nineteen pandemic. Mm. It's the pandemic. Folks. It's one of
0: the it's symptoms one. of COVID nineteen, mm. actually, where uh, rising housing costs. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, during the pandemic, new construction projects were halted across the board. That's true, and that means the number of houses now up for sale is far lower than usual. It's simple supply and demand. That's also true.
0: Oh, so it was the response to COVID nineteen. Well, yeah, that that's, did it. that's not, actually not true. COVID-19 not the
1: virus itself. Okay. It's the actual response. Um, and, you know, I think uh, lots of things are contributing to this. Um, so uh, I'll tell you more stuff later. Another reason for the high demand and consequently high prices of new houses is the shift to remote work during the pandemic. As people were allowed to work their high paying jobs from home uh, from home for companies in big cities like L.A. and New York. They were able to leave those cities and live in smaller, cheaper neighborhoods. The and what I mean by when they mean smaller, cheaper neighborhoods to them, a, a million dollar house in the suburbs of Nashville is a lot cheaper than their two and a half million dollar condo in uh, L.A. or New York. Is and so they sold their homes. I'll tell you, every single one of my neighbors, except for like two, are all from California. The majority of them from San Diego. Hmm. San Santiago. yeah, a velvet painting.
0: <laughs> yes, of a
1: whale and a dolphin getting it on.
0: That's that's not it at all. No, that's what I thought San Diego meant. No, it's a whale's vagina. Oh, that's what it means. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you cross Anchorman and uh, something else. No, it's both. No, no it's good Nights and Anchorman is what you just cross. So with all due respect, yes. I got to tell you that that idea ain't worth a velvet painting of a whale and a dolphin getting it on. That's right. Yeah, you do the math. He said with all due respect. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the, you know, it's interesting how we still have these symptoms from shutting down our economy like this. And this is something where you have to look out into the future and think about what's going to reverberate while people are talking about how houses are too expensive and people even in the middle class or the poor, they can't afford houses. And then they can't afford rent because those things are going to be tied together. Also, more symptoms like people working from home. And they're able to live wherever instead of living in those expensive dirty smelly cities that they've been living in for a while Mm -hmm. and um, it's just you always have to you always have to think past this exact moment and ask well what could come from this decision okay well if i do that what are the possible things that could happen if i do that and that's something that government planners People, the collectivist people on the left, they they just don't do. People on the right are guilty of it also. They yeah. also are chill, still trying to plan society, of course. So I don't like it.
1: But And this is something we've been talking about for a long time since the pandemic started. I mean, you, got, you guys can go back to March and April of 2020. And, you know, Nate and I were saying, like, okay, you know, you should take it seriously and voluntarily stay home if you can. Until we figure out what this thing actually is. However there are going to be severe consequences. You can go back two years ago, folks, we talked about this and now we're starting to see it all play out. And it's sometimes it sucks to be right about these things, but you, what you hear the talking points is, well, inflation, this is just transitory, right? This is, this is just gonna, it's just temporary. Mm -hmm. folks. It's just going to go away. And then like, oh, well, you know, this is now greed. Mm. And then this Putin's fault. And then, Oh, wow. All those things are coming true. We are still blaming the pandemic, not everything they did to contribute to it. So it's insane. Uh, The continued rising costs of the housing market have caused the Federal Reserve to warn of a housing bubble. I'm always reminded when I hear housing bubble of Steve Carell Mm -hmm. in uh, the big short.
0: Yeah, that's a good
1: one. (laughs) When he's like, there's a bubble. There's a bubble. (laughs) After he meets with the. With the strippers that have four houses. (laughs) Something not seen since just before the market crash of 2008. Phillips said this means the Federal Reserve sees people overpaying for houses causing a market exuberance. The Federal Reserve called the exuberance, quote, unhinged from fundamentals and abnormal for the first time since the boom of the early 2000s. There is some hope for the housing market to calm down. Some real estate experts say that increasing mortgage rates should cool the market a bit. Phillips uh, commented, remember mortgage rates were down around 2%. That was the lowest they got, by the way. I think I saw some people get a refi for like 1.87 or something like that, uh, which is insane. (laughs) So uh, 2% during the pandemic. So a lot of people were simply able to afford houses that a few, few years earlier when rates were higher would have been out of their price range. And that's because everyone tries to get the biggest house they can possibly afford. That's one of the problems. Yeah. I yep. saw a story the other day of somebody who was also building a home and because of the raise, uh, the raise in the rates, the before close, uh, when they went to go close, they couldn't no longer close on their property because it ended up the new rate caused it to be outside of their debt to income ratio. Mm. So you, those are types of things that you have to consider on how much house you can actually afford. So,
0: yeah. And one thing, so they say there's hope for the housing market to calm down now, that's not something that people who are buying a house right now or who just bought a house uh, would really want to happen at the moment. So that's an interesting conversation about incentives because what they mean by calm down is the prices need to come down. The prices are artificially high right now. Mm-hmm. And what would fix that is the supply and the interest rates going to a reasonable interest rates as well. I was looking at the baseline since like the 70s it really should be around seven or eight percent i i think in the late 70s it got all the way up to 15 or 16 percent for mortgages not that it needs to go up that high or anything but it is possible that that's going to happen and and so what we really need right now if the prices were going to come down because that's one of the problems people are having a hard time afford it you got to have more people come into that market to build houses. You got to make it easier for people to build houses. You got to make it easier to get whatever the supplies are to build the houses. Stop controlling all of the uh, the wages and all the other stuff that are included in people building the houses. There's the, there are reverberations through trying to plan this or trying to restrict pieces of the supply and artificially bump up the demand with low interest rates at the same time. And we're seeing that now. Now people are complaining about the housing prices. But that's exactly what
1: is going to happen. And see, this is the biggest problem with how they manipulate the market is that in a, in a normal free market, you're going to have ebbs and flows, right? Your interest rates are going to rise. Prices will rise. They'll come down. But it's a lot more gradual. You're not seeing these gigantic boom and busts that Austrians have been complaining about for years now. Now, what we did luckily is that I went back to 2008 and I looked at what happened in Nashville and I factored in the fact that our home price could lose 10% actually over the next five years and us still make it out okay uh, with our plan. And so, but a lot of people don't do that. Mm-hmm. They literally fill out the paperwork and they're like, you can afford an $800,000
0: house. And they're like, that's what we're going to get. 800. Actually, you know, I guess we can push it to 820. Yeah. Is what they'll actually do.
1: I'll pull in some of my 401k and yeah, we'll go 820. No, um, the, the, we took the amount of house we could afford. Um, and then we were, we're probably almost about 60% of that. We're not quite half from where we can afford, but, about 60% of where we where we could technically afford on paper. And we made it to where we were comfortable uh, in that situation and also comfortable with the prices coming down from where our purchase price is, considering the area and what happened in 2008, how much homes fell in the area and those types of things, which luckily for Nashville, Nashville kind of held its own. A lot of properties didn't lose much value. Um, and so from where we are currently sitting uh, with what we've built versus where it could possibly go. Uh, but a lot of people aren't going to be doing that. And and if it would save people a lot of trouble, if we had a natural ebb and flow versus this gigantic boom and bust.
0: Yeah. They because create the you, bubble.
1: Exactly. You have a bunch of people rush in who aren't doing their due diligence. All of a sudden it crashes. They all lose. Right. And then that now a bunch of people are panicking. And so then they all, that's what helps cause the crash. As well, and so they're all trying to get out, all that kind of stuff, and then just keeps happening. It gets worse and worse and worse and worse. They just keep extending it out, and out and out and out. And it's, you know, who wins? Banks, BlackRock, BlackRock, Vanguard, that's the the Federal Reserve, because you know it's it's the Federal Reserve that is actually purchasing the mortgage-backed securities and the bonds. They're the ones who are winning in
0: all of this, by the way, through money they create based on nothing. That's what a genius business idea. It makes total sense to me. I'm thinking about getting into it. That's I mean, if
1: I could come up with a better business idea, Mm -hmm. I don't don't think there is one. It's like, hey, Nate, you know what we're going to do? We're going to uh, buy a bunch of
0: debt with you're going to create money. And then with money we don't have, it's just going to be
1: out of thin air. Literally, we're just going to put digits on a piece of paper or in the cloud, actually. And then we're just going to go buy debt that we can manipulate the prices on and then we'll sell it back. And it's a good price for us. And then we have, then we actually have the real money on paper on our sheets now, which is just like money laundering, by the way, (laughs) probably none of it
0: probably never, never gets put in the back of someone's trunk, you know, outside the building either. That's probably never happened. Um, And
1: you know, everybody else that loses well. Yeah. Sucks for you, you know, but this is why you guys have to do your due diligence and understand all the factors that can happen, um, including, I mean, so for Stephanie and I, our rate has risen and it's very frustrating, but it's not like we can't afford what what is happening. We're not being priced out um, at closing for our house like other people are that's happening to them right now. And it's very sad. Could you imagine building an entire house? And you get to close and they're like,
0: "Eh, you can't afford this anymore. That would suck. Yeah. That would be so horrible. All right. Biden is pressing. Thanks for giving me that story, Nate. Yeah. Biden is pressing Congress for new COVID funding. Running short on COVID funds right now. I mean, what do you expect? They only spend, you know, four or five trillion dollars. We can't be so cheap with this kind of stuff. Assuring Americans that COVID-19 no longer controls our lives, President Biden on Wednesday announced the launch of COVID.gov while again urging Congress to pass a stalled funding package to support the nation's virus response. That's what we need. Now, COVID-19 is no longer going to control our lives, but we need to pass this package to support our virus response with your money uh, but it's not going to control your life. The president spent much of his speech appealing to Congress to move forward on funding the nation's coronavirus response. Was this speech from 2020? What, what's going on right now? Not the TV show, the year. Uh, Congress to move forward on funding the nation's coronavirus response, warning that, quote, the consequences of congressional inaction had already meant delayed or canceled orders for vaccines, antiviral medicines, and other Resources, Isn't it such a fine idea to let the government be the purchaser of all of these vaccines and antiviral medications and allow them to control the supply so we can have a political argument and require a vote in Congress when we need more vaccines to be available in well, the country? It's
1: like purchasing the oil, Nate. That way we have all these reserves and when the prices, yeah. we can just release our own reserve.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. Except for they can't do it because now they're going to have a fight in Congress about whether or not they're going to get, get this, $22 billion. That's what they're... I know that we spent $4,560,000,000,000 something like that, but... If it just would have been four trillion five hundred eighty, that was in twenty twenty alone. Well, that was now that was through a couple of them. The total amount that we see sometimes when they say six trillion or seven or whatever, that's including what the Fed injected during the pandemic, also and not the actual bills that went through Congress. And sometimes we'll see numbers that include bills that haven't actually passed yet, like the bill back better thing. Don't worry, I brought receipts on the whole thing. Mm. Uh, I'm not just uh, not just joshing you right now. "Quote Congress, we need to secure." We need to secure additional supply now, Biden <laughs> said, reiterating the White House's appeal for at least $22 billion in new pandemic funding. They're just 22B short right now. <laughs> Quote, now, can't Look, wait until we find ourselves in the midst of another surge act. It'd be too late. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> While federal regulators on Tuesday authorized the fourth shot of the vaccine. What the hell
1: do he say? I just dropped my crown.
0: <laughs> Well, the, the federal regulators on Tuesday, FDA on Tuesday, authorized a fourth shot to the vaccine for Americans 50 and older. U.S. officials have said they do not have enough funding to place advance orders for additional vaccine doses to cover all Americans. You know what? We should rely on them for more stuff. That's what we should do. That's just
1: saying, take 100%. Yeah.
0: In matters of life and death, we need to be reliant on the U.S. government for whatever the cause, whatever the issue is at the Mm -hmm. moment. Such a great idea. Quote, if Congress, this is from James Clyburn, House Majority Whip, if Congress does not act swiftly, we risk losing valuable tools that will have allowed us to get beyond the crisis. He said that losing these tools will increase the risk of the crisis returning. If you don't give us this money, if the U.S. government cannot have $22 billion more to spend on this, the crisis is going to return and we're going to have to shut everything back down.
1: Impending doom.
0: Mm -hmm. That's what's happening. That's always, there's always an emergency or impending emergency where they, Mm -hmm. the answer is always that they get more money and more power. That is the way to solve whatever that problem is. They get more money and more power. This is a, a main reason one reason that these vaccines and antivirals they need to just exist in the in the free market in an actual free market. first off we need to have one for medications stuff like that uh, but anyway we need to have a free market for it because you know if there was a need for these if people were going to be buying them if they needed them then what should happen is there would be a market signal where people were wanting to buy these vaccines and then the companies that make these they'd be like, oh, people want to buy these, uh, see people want to buy these vaccines. You know what I think we should do? I think we should make more of them. Mm. And then we should sell them to people. In fact, I saw when we raised the prices up too much, um, we actually didn't make quite as much money because less people ended up buying them. It was are too expensive. We should just try and find the nice perfect price for this and maybe we'll open up some more facilities. Instead, what we do is we go through Congress and we try to have these political arguments about how much funding money the government's uh, Going to be able to spend on the vaccines, and they just rely on the orders. They probably way overcharge for what they would otherwise be charging because it's getting paid for paid for by the government. It's got at least ca- cost as much as a golden toilet seat, something like that, and, or a heated coffee cup, or or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So it's ridiculous, man.
1: I was having a hard time focusing on what you were saying. I know I
0: could see it in your eyes because yeah,
1: Joe Bizzle did make a really funny comment. Uh, so what you the- can do if you go to joingmail.com. He said, take it from the crack pipe budget. Hunter will have to make do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's, okay. He's just sold another uh, painting. He'll be fine. What's going on with that whole Hunter Biden and laptop thing? Uh, that one congressman. A ga- was it Gats? Ga- gate, gates, gates or Gats or whatever submitted the hard drive uh, on a scan. Literally that exact same scan disk hard drive that we really? have right there that we're recording on. There was a picture that he posted up of it. And at this point, I'm like, you know, People have had time to remove whatever they want from these hard drives, these laptops. Also, and why did we do
1: it when his dad wasn't president? Like <laughs> you would think, you would do it when like Trump was still president and not his dad. Well, so it's it was a conspiracy just,
0: th- theory. Uh, the whole thing is a conspiracy. So we're just talking about craziness right now. Well, this thing. Show up here, us your receipts for the tea, Nate. Thing up here on the screen. This is how much was spent so far in response to COVID nineteen. Uh, this comes from usaspending.gov. Uh, this was up to, let's see, January 31st of 2022. Total budgetary resources, $4.6 trillion. Uh, their total obligations are $4.2 trillion and $3.6 trillion in total outlays. That is the absolute first government budget I've ever seen say something like that. Here's how much we have in resources. We've actually uh, obligated ourselves to less than this and actually we've spent less than what we even obligated ourselves to spend so far. So far. What this is probably the heck? A ten,
1: this is probably a 10-year plan though, Nate, and they're already Close to the top, but it looks like there's 400 billion left over. <laughs> they couldn't take 22. That's the really weird Out of part. that, that's already been passed.
0: Oh, it's got to be new money, man. They're it gonna, doesn't exist
1: anyway. But
0: I'm glad you brought that up because right here on this next slide, I highlighted Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, what do we got here? Total budgetary resources, trillion, basically 484 billion dollars. Obligations for 412 billion, and they've outlaid 257 billion so far. But we, you know, what we need to do? We need to have a fight in Congress and pin the deaths of the American people on people not wanting to pass this $22 billion to buy more vaccines. Mm, that's, that's what it is.
1: That's the actual problem, folks. Oh, okay. All right, in case
0: you were worried, um,
1: the New York Times is letting us know that, yes.
0: This is really shifting gears, by the way. But yeah. This was going to be a dumb leap. But this is like, important. Nah, this is very important. we got to tell people today.
1: From the New York Times, yes, lynching is still a thing.
0: I just lynching. saw, I just saw Jeff, not Maurice's comment. Don't say Gates. <laughs> <laughs> I say Gap. I, I don't know which one it is. gaps Gat. or Gates. I'm not sure.
1: All right. got to get into my somber voice here because this is, uh, you
0: know, this is important here. Well, I took out most of the somber because they go through Emmett Till and they tell the story of the lynching for about, about 127 paragraphs before we get to this part mm. right here. So just everyone imagine this is a really sad story and what happened was truly terrible. And well, what
1: happened to Emmett Till is terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't say it. I'm not saying anything about that. Yeah. All right. Lynching was never only about hanging, it was about a motive and means of injury and death. And lynchings have always needed a specific legislation to make them punishable. They've always needed that. Yeah.
0: That's what we're missing.
1: Finally, on Tuesday, after a 100 years of failed efforts to get such provisions written into law, President Biden signed the Emmett Till Anti Lynching Act which makes lynching a federal hate crime punishable by up to 30 years in prison. Only 30 years. That's what we were missing. The wording of the bill doesn't specify hanging, but instead defines a lynching as a hate crime that results in death or serious bodily injury. Still some Americans continue to demonstrate a fundamental ignorance about lynching. Fox news Jesse waters recently said, quote, nobody has been lynched in America in decades. This is patently False. And they'll tell you why. <laughs> Ahmad Ahmad Arbery was lynched in 2020 when two men joined by a third, chasing him down while he was jogging, killed him in the street in broad daylight and stood over his body, not rendering aid as he bled
0: out. Now we can call these lynchings if we want, even in the definition of lynching, by the way, it says usually by rope, but it's not actually in the definition of what a lynching is. So that, you know, that can, we can call it that. I just think it opens it up to a lot of other things being considered lynching.
1: There's another term. There's another term for that too. What's that? Murder.
0: Yeah. It's- they they
1: murdered this guy. Yeah. But and it's- by the way, they were con- they were convicted. Mm-hmm. So you have in the notes here that uh, the McMichaels were sentenced to life imprisonment with no possibility of parole. By the way, and Brian was sentenced to life imprisonment with the possibility of parole after 30 years. So two guys. The, it, no possibility of parole. They will they will literally spend the rest of their life in prison unless they somehow escape, mm. um, which I don't think they're they would. And uh, Brian, one guy uh, who didn't pull the trigger, uh, he was sentenced to life in prison with a possibility of parole after thirty years.
0: That in his article about how lynching is still a thing and we have to have this anti lynching act to stop it because it's still a thing, he gives three examples. And we'll, we'll keep going Here's through Here's the second
1: here. one. You could also argue that George Floyd was lynched. Now, I think that's a stretch. In fact, I think you could make a strong case that several high-profile police killings were in fact lynchings. Um. So Derek Chauvin, the police officer who was convicted of killing George Floyd, he was sentenced to 22 and a half plus years in prison. So... We definitely
0: need the anti-lynching
1: act, oh. need... Uh, maybe he needed the extra 30 years in a federal prison. Mm, I guess. Okay. And who would debate that James Byrd jr was lynched in 1998 when three white men took him to the woods, beat him, urinated on him, tied his ankles to the back of their truck and dragged his body for three miles. The pavement standing away, sanding away at his flesh.
0: That's awful. Terrible. Mm -hmm. Completely awful.
1: Uh, What happened to the killers? Uh, They all got the death penalty.
0: They got the death penalty.
1: Huh. Mm -hmm.
0: This is all in the article arguing that we have to have this anti-lynching bill. Yeah. And these are the examples that he gives.
1: Uh, And then he says, I too wish that lynching was only an ugly feature of America's past, but sadly that simply isn't the case. Lynching is still a thing. (laughs) Okay. But all these people were convicted. Yeah. And and got the, the maximum... Sentencing, which is basically life in prison or death,
0: except for the people who killed Emmett Till, uh, who actually were found not guilty. I'm pretty sure, and so, so that's terrible. But that, but
1: when did that happen?
0: That was, uh, yeah, that wasn't because we didn't have this anti-lynching bill. I'll tell you that, um, and that's obviously the picture that he uses for yes, lynching is still a thing. Here's a picture from 19, what, 60. Three or something like that. I don't know. Before just color. Like 1958. <laughs> so I'm just throwing numbers out there. I have no idea what the actual year is, clearly. But this is all just virtue signaling. It's all of it. Murder is illegal. And that is why the killers of James Byrd and George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, they... They are still in prison, or some of them got the death penalty. It didn't take an anti-lynching bill. You know what an anti-lynching bill does? Nothing other than make people feel better about themselves Mm -hmm. and give you a way to talk negatively about your political opponents. That's that's it. And we just live in a world of just, just fake, just fugazi, fugazi, fugazi. It's fairy dust. It's not real, all right? And if people fall for this, I mean the, I don't know, I don't know what what kind of hope there is for them. I hope that eventually we can teach them, you know, hey, wow. you don't have to listen to what all these dumbass politicians are saying all the time; it's fake.
1: But Nate, how can you be against anti lynching? Does that mean I know. you're for lynching?
0: That's clearly what it means. <laughs> so ridiculous! I am pro lynching.
1: I'm so tired of the gaslighting, the the just the ridiculous nature. Because then. Like you approach somebody like, oh, so that means you're for lynching. You're like, well, What? no. Well, then I
0: support anti-lynching, of course. Yeah. You know what? I am anti-lynching and I'm anti just murder. And how about murder? Would just be against murder.
1: It's morally and lawfully wrong Mm -hmm. already. Okay. This derives from our basic principles of life, liberty, and property. Okay. You can't just willy nilly take someone's life in whatever means you do that. Whether through strangulation, hitting them overhead with a hammer, shooting nail guns into their eyes. Mm, that's how I want to go. Yeah. Uh, take their heart out with a spoon. Gross. Cut their toes off. and
0: <laughs> Earmuffs. Are you just trying to name the worst
1: <laughs> things possible? Yeah. Jeez. But the, my yeah. worst fear is worms. So imagine flesh eating worms. Like flesh-eating worms oh, flesh eating worms. I was going to say like body. normal worms. Even normal yeah. worms. Yeah. Just kind of just grosses me out. Hmm. If you wanted to get me to tell you anything ever, you would just have to threaten me. Like, hold me down and threaten to put, like, a worm in my nose, and I would tell you whatever you wanted to know.
0: You just, you man up, when they put the worm on your nose, you just eat that thing immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Threat-neutralized at that time. Plus, you probably get some good protein. That's so gross. Do you ever get locked in a box with just normal earthworms? You could live in there for... Well, depending on air, I mean, I guess air is an issue. It hey, turns in there out you just need a for snake. A while.
1: You just need a couple of snake plants, and you could live like literally the rest of your life. That's how much oxygen snake plants produce.
0: Huh? So
1: I want to be buried with a snake plant just in case they bury me alive. <laughs> well, everyone, everyone, let us
0: know. How do you want to die? What's the worst way that you could possibly go? and what way? And look, it's all wrong, by the way. <laughs> Any way
1: that you kill someone is wrong.
0: Yes, so all those what, ways. That's what I was trying to get at. So you want an anti-worming act to be passed and <laughs> no one cares about you.
1: I know, that's yeah. the problem. Congress needs to do something <laughs> about this. All right, all, y'all. That's all the time we got for today. If you enjoyed today's episode and you support anti-lynching, then you need to sign up at joingml.com. All of you who listen that don't sign up, well, clearly you're the problem. That's, that's their problem you're you, that's what we're going to say here mm-hmm. so if you are anti-lynching anti-murder anti-death because that's what we are here that's what this group is all about anti-death then sign up join gml.com share the show with a friend a foe a follower and the children share it uh, with your your grandma and
0: your your pappy in fact everyone just everyone yeah that's yeah. what i mean no qualifications needed yes
1: and if you do all those things We'll be back again tomorrow for some Dumb of the Week. Until then, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. I said you need to. Needed to. <laughs> My predecessor. Oh, God, I miss it.